When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hello, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. You will be thrilled by this episode because... It's packed with so much great value and so much great information. Either you're an entrepreneur or thinking of becoming one or you're an influencer trying to grow your brand on Instagram, this episode will be so helpful for you. So today's guest is Shalene Johnson, who is marketing expert who has taught thousands to use social media to grow their business without a grind. She's award-winning marketer, New York Times bestselling author, featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Success Magazine. She's also host of two top-ranked podcasts, The Shalene Show and Build Your Tribe. So in this episode, Shalene will be sharing so many secrets on how to become a successful entrepreneur, how to grow your business on Instagram with new algorithm and new Instagram changes, how to make your business stand out on Instagram, the best tricks using hashtags. Shalene goes deep into hashtags and she's explaining why and how we need to use them with new algorithm. Also, she's explaining on how to sell without selling everything about reels and hacks on optimizing this feature to the highest potential, do's and don'ts on Instagram growth, best marketing tips that helped Shalene in her career, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, dear. How are you? Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much for being my guest. I'm excited to do this. I love sharing everything social media and uh, talking to anyone who's interested in figuring out how to grow their brand, get their message out there, reach more people. I'm so excited too, especially with your background and your experience. I can't wait to start. So let's dive in and we would love to learn more about you. So would you please tell us more about yourself, your career? Sure. Do you have an hour? Just Um, I say that just because I've been in business for a really long time. And uh, when I, I I think sometimes it's intimidating or it sounds brilliant. You go through your whole resume, um, especially when you've been doing this as long as I have, but just for the sake of those who have, haven't met me or aren't familiar with my story. um, I, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs say that, but I started my first business to put myself through college, Michigan State University. I 
I ran and operated a private seller's automobile lot. So basically like a used car lot as a 19 year old girl at Michigan state. And I did that to kind of solve one of my own problems, which was, I was, that's how I made money is I made money flipping cars. And, um, so that was kind of my first real, like, you know, filing taxes, my first real business as an entrepreneur. And it was to solve my own problem. And I think that's been the through line with everything that I've created in my you know, 30 years of doing this is like, I figure out, I I run into a problem, I run into a challenge and then I like figure it out. And then I realize, wow, there's a lot of people who have this same problem, the same challenge. I bet I could help other people with it too. And so from there, I went on to develop fitness programs and to develop books and academies. I've become a New York Times bestseller. I've got, I think, four number one fitness infomercials under my belt. I've sold tens of millions of exercise DVDs. But today what I do is I I teach other entrepreneurs and other people who have a message. I teach them how to do what I've done, which is all of these things, even when you have a great idea, it, it doesn't matter unless you know how to get it out there to people. And and so today what I spend the majority of my time doing is teaching other people like how to get your message out there. I see. It's it amazes me how at that time at that age you already started your own business. Wow. <laughs> So impressive. And well, yeah, I think it was, you know, the advantages I had parents who were entrepreneurs. And um, so from a very young age, they gave me a really positive money mindset. Like they never said, oh, we can't afford that. Even when we were broke, they would say, well, that's awesome that that's what you want. Let's let's figure out a way for you to make the money and, and buy it. You know, so I, I always realized like if there's something I want, I can figure out a way to help other people charge for that make money and, and buy it. And so I think it's really important for those people who are listening, who have kids, um, not to get caught up in providing for our kids, because then we're really not teaching them that they can do it themselves. And I think that was a gift my parents gave to me. And it's a gift I've tried to pass on to my own children, because obviously, we're in a situation financially where we, we can buy them whatever they want, but that wouldn't, that doesn't help them. You know, so we were very careful from the time they were young to teach them, all right, let's figure out how you're going to do this and teach them that they have what it takes. I love how you said it. And it is very important for an entrepreneur to have great mindset as far as money and finances and don't have a scarcity mindset, which doesn't help anyone ever. Yeah. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a successful entrepreneur who hasn't, or who still has a scarcity mindset. You have to have you have to have an abundance mindset to be successful. You have to be willing to try and to fail and to not think of it as fear, but as an experiment. And it, I also think you'd be very hard pressed to find a successful entrepreneur who is stuck in the belief that things have to be perfect. Yeah, that's so true. I overcame that myself because I'm a perfectionist and I wouldn't start anything till it's actually perfect, till I have all the perfect resources, which sometimes takes all that time to get all the perfect resources together before you start something and then you never start. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people are trying to overcome that. And I'm happy to hear that you did. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that one of the ways you learned to do that was just by doing something before you felt like you were ready and realizing, oh, wow, I didn't die. I, I could do this again. Yeah, I agree. What is the best way to use social media to build your business? Well, I think it depends on, 
on what type of business you have, I think you need to be in social media. You just, you just have to, I mean, it's a clear cut advantage for everyone. Can you build a business without it? For sure. But it, why would you when we, it's free and everyone has the opportunity to do it. And it's such a phenomenal way to connect with the people who are looking for your message, who are looking for your solution. I think the best way, if I, if I had to boil it down, right, because, you know, what I teach is people how to reach the people that they're trying to help using social media. And it's, it's not something you can tell someone how to do succinctly, right? There's a process, like there's all the how-tos and the the strategic tactical, okay, here's how many times you post per day and here's what you need to post and here are the type of posts that do the best. But if I was just to give you an overview, I would say here are some really important principles. Number one, you have to be consistent. Number two, and by consistent, I mean like, like every single day, you have to think of it as a job because it it's free, but it's really not free. You've got to put your time in. Um, next, you have to, got to be authentic. And this is true today more so than ever in social media. Um, you know, 2019, 2020, some of what worked was this kind of pretending to be a certain personality and, you know, pretending that things are perfect. And we're seeing a backlash to that. People are just, they're not buying it. They don't connect with it. They don't think it's real. Um, those kinds of influencers are getting less and less traction. They're losing followers every day. They're not getting the same type of deals they were once getting because their followers are just like, eh, you're not real. We want real. We want authentic and we want valuable. So you, you've got to show up in a way that is super valuable every day. And I think what the biggest mistake that people make is that they're trying to do what, like they're trying to build their brand and they're looking at like, what, say, uh, Kylie Jenner's doing or, you know, just insert the name of any very well-known person or influencer or even personal brand. And if you look at them, they've got a big following and they've, they've had years of having a fan base where fans are interested in your everyday life. Like if, you know, Kylie has a salad for lunch, that's going to get a million likes. But today, when you're building a personal brand, people, they, they don't care about those things until you become known. So the important thing to do when you're trying to become known, when you're trying to end that brand awareness is you have to show up with value. Like you have got to give people a reason where every single day they're like, I, I have got to make sure I see what she posted today because it's going to help me. I'm going to learn something. It's going to be entertaining, motivating. It's going to show me how to do something. It's going to educate me, but it can't just be interesting anymore. That worked a year ago. It doesn't work today. If it's just interesting to people, you're not going to get likes or comments or interactions. And therefore your content is you're going to think the algorithm's working against you when in fact, it's your own content that's working against you. But, you know, to me, there's kind of like fine line because some people go overboard. They start posting their roles and stretch marks and all that. I mean, it doesn't look that pretty, obviously, <laughs> but they try to make people to relate to them and show yeah. them pretty. I mean, and, and see the, the fact that you just said that, like, that's such an over done thing. Like everyone's done that. Like even the girl who's like so thin and she's bending forward and you're like, girl, those aren't rolls. That's called skin. You know what I mean? But like everyone's jumped on that bandwagon. I'm like, that's not, if you're copying 700 people who did it before you, that's not authentic. I know. And I see it all the time more and more now and girls trying to get an attention with it. So all the other millions of women can relate to it because there is more of that than just like pretty faces. Like they trying to 
you know, show. Mm -hmm. But I think there has to be like some kind of fine line between. I think the most important thing we can do is instead of copying each other, because it, it, that just never feels authentic and it's hard to maintain. I think the most important thing we can do, and it's hard, is to pick a niche, like pick one thing that you become known for. Right. So that people are like, oh, my gosh, do you follow Fit Men Cooks? He posts these amazing recipes every day. And do you follow um, Pretty on Fridays? It's all these beautiful farm, urban farmhouse interiors. So where people are talking about your account because it posts a certain type of content and ain't nobody going to say that about you or your account if you're not yet known. And every day it's like sometimes you post about your lifestyle. And sometimes you post about diet and sometimes you post about makeup. And sometimes you like you post about all the things. So therefore you're not going to stand out because nobody knows you for one thing. You must be known for one thing first before branching out into all the things like you, the only way to, well, the quickest, I shouldn't say the only way, the quickest way to be known is to stick to one thing and, and just stay in that general subject area until people know you for that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And as we already mentioned, how to stand out, but um, how do you make your business stand out on Instagram besides, you know, trying to jump on the wagon with other people and kind of following trends? But as you said already, try to stick to one thing, but do you mm -hmm. have any other suggestions? Yeah, I think some other suggestions would be to just pay attention to what you're drawn to on Instagram. Right. So I know the uh, kinds of accounts that when I see it, I, I unfollow, right? Like, I'm like, why did I follow this person? This is annoying. Right. Or I also know when I see certain influencers trying to sell me something and it's so obvious they're selling and, and I don't like that. And so then I pay attention. I'm like, I ask myself, what don't I like about this? What? Oh, it's that they're using this kind of like fake voice and I can tell that they're selling and it doesn't feel real and doesn't feel authentic. And so pay attention to the things that you don't like instead of seeing those things, realizing they annoy you and then imitating them. You know, I, I see this over and over and over again. Like no one who's listening right now finds it appealing or attractive or believable when they see an influencer going like, hey guys, so thanks so much for everyone who's been asking me about my skincare routine. Swipe up and you know, we, I can imitate the voice even, right? And none of us think that that's authentic, but yet, then we go and imitate that because we think, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do because everyone's doing it wrong. Do what you know is legit. Like talk to your audience the way you would talk to a friend and it's going to come higher rate. That's number one. Number two is I would say, don't wait for people to find your business. Go find them. Look at the hashtags that your potential audience is using. And trust me, using the hashtag that is, you know, your brand or your solution because they don't know it yet. They're using other hashtags. Figure out what hashtags they are using and then go interact with those people. Yeah, leave comments, real comments, genuine comments, you know, authentic comments, not like, and it's a video. You know what I mean? Like it does take time. And I think people would be shocked to know how much time I spend being very real and connecting with people in my DMs and looking at other people's hashtags. And that's how I, I build my social media following. I've got my own personal account has 580,000 followers on it. But then I have 10 other accounts that I like to call feature accounts. And many of those have over 300,000 followers. And those are accounts that aren't me, 
they're not, they don't have my face on it, but it's a, a niche. Like, so I have an account that's just for people who are looking for ideas on how to get it in shape at home. And so that, and that's called home workouts underscore the number for you, home workouts for you. And so if you look at that, that's over half a million followers. And I just post tons of content there every day that's very valuable to people but it's not related to me yet. When I need to connect with my audience, I do so in the stories of that account. Those are called feature accounts. So it's just really remembering that um, you can't just build it and they will find you. You have to help them find you. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's impressive that you have all the other accounts. That's a great idea, actually. I think everyone should have like fan base or whatever featured account. That adds yeah. a lot too, extra exposure. You know, you just think about, okay, so let's take, for example, let's say I'm a, a makeup artist. So what type of a feature account could I create? Well, you could create an account where you're featuring the best content on Instagram on one account. Like it's like a best lash tutorials or uh, best um, contouring videos, whatever it is. And then if you're curating the best pieces of content, and by the way, yes, you can do that. It's within, and people want you to do that. People want you to share their content. So you just use a reposting app and and you can curate an account that is incredibly valuable. And you're going to get all the kinds of followers that actually relate to the business that you're in. And you can use that to promote your own business. And it's going to be faster than trying to grow your own individual brand. If I just show up on Instagram today and my name is, you know, Donna Smith, and I'm trying to get people to follow me, like, wh why do you care to follow me? You're following 250 people as it is. You don't need to follow another random person unless when you look at their account, you're like, holy cow look at, this is so helpful. I definitely have to follow this account because I need to know how to do all these things, right? And I think too often we are trying to lead today with ourselves. And I think that's great, but I think you first have to create a valuable type of account that people are like, ooh, I got to go back and see that today. Yeah, that's a great idea. Regarding what you said before, as far as influencer voice on the stories and stuff, the funny thing is like, you know, I've done it before because some brands make you do the script, like they give you a script and they mm -hmm. tell you this will not be approved until you actually, you know, yeah. stay true to this script. Yeah. <laughs> then you have to like make it on time. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I don't know about you, but I always, my personal conversation when I'm speaking with a brand is I tell them, I know what works with my audience and I know the language that they want to hear. And I'm going to get in your your code and I'm going to I'm going to say your website name but everything else it has to be me or I'm not doing it cuz I I you know you can hire an actor then to to read your script I'm not going to I'm actually going to talk to my audience and I'm I'm going to tell them what I love about it and I'm also going to tell them what I don't love about it because that's how I maintain authenticity and so sometimes brands don't want to work with me because of that but what's more important is my audience trust me because they know I'm going to tell them, okay, this is this new skincare fridge that I just got you guys. I love it. You can get a swipe up code, but let me tell you this, as much as I love it, it is big and it's going to take up a lot of counter space, you know, and sometimes brands don't want you to, to share anything that's not positive. But if I don't do that, then I'm not, then I'm lying to my audience. Like if I'm going to tell my girlfriend to buy the same fridge, I'm going to tell her, listen, girl, like this little skincare fridge is awesome, but it's friggin' huge. And it takes up a lot of space. So just know that before you buy it. That makes my audience trust me that much more. And the brands who get that love me. 
Yeah, I usually only work with brands that I use myself or actually love. I don't ever, use, I mean, promote any brands that I don't like and I wouldn't use myself. So that's, yeah. that's important for me too. But I, I like a lot like, of people don't though. Don't you agree? Like a lot of people yeah. are just like super happy to get the deal Yeah, and true. they'll just take it. Yeah. And it used to be like when I was just growing, I used to use the scripts. Now I have way more flexibility and way more uh, power to tell them what I actually want, what I don't want. So yeah, like yeah. you said, I try to stay true to myself too. As far as hashtags, what do you think the best trick to use hashtags? Um, well, there's been a lot of changes in hashtags. And I can tell you this because I have, uh, I've got a marketing school. We've got 7,000 students who are all online entrepreneurs and we do case studies every quarter. So what I know about hashtags, what I know about social media isn't based on watching, you know, five people's YouTube videos and regurgitating outdated information. We really do test these things and they change often. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a few friends at, at Instagram that can confirm. Sometimes they can't, you know, questions and changes about the algorithm. So I can share with you some really important updates. And these are factual as at least at the time of, of this recording now tomorrow. But so for example, right now, hashtags here in the United States, they aren't showing recent hashtags because of our election results. Um, however, topics are still showing up. Some big changes aside from that that have happened with hashtags is it used to be that your hashtags were really kind of based on how many likes you got. So if you looked at the top ranking hashtags, they were always going to be people who got like so many likes you could never compete. Well, that has changed. Now Instagram looks at an algorithm that compares speed and engagement of your account compared to the speed and engagement of someone else's account. Um, and it's been based on you know, compared side by side just by the percentage of how quickly it gets engagement, not the number of likes. So let's say you have 100 followers and this other person has a million followers and you both use the same hashtag. Well, the person with 100 followers gets 30 comments and two shares. And the person with a million followers maybe gets uh, a thousand um, comments and 10 shares. Well, the person with a hundred followers is actually going to rank above the person who has a lot more likes and more shares, et cetera, because relatively speaking, their account is perform that post is performing better. So it's no longer based on how many followers you have. So you used to hear Instagram experts would say, okay, so you want to pick hashtags, you know, in the middle range, people who have like, you know, 5,000 to 1 million, I'm sorry, 5 million to 1 million users using this hashtag, and then pick one in the middle range, people who are, and you don't have to do that anymore. Now you can use any hashtag and you are just as likely to rank as someone who has a, a ton of followers. That's huge. The next thing I think that's important to note is that you've got to look to see what type of content is ranking for that hashtag. So let's say, for example, I want to use the hashtag mompreneur. That's a great hashtag, right? And I go and I look, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is perfect. But if I look at the, the posts that are ranking at the top, they're images mainly of a person, like a personal brand. Now there are other, there are millions of people using the hashtag mompreneur, but the ones that are ranking at the top are almost exclusively um, last time I checked, which was a few days ago. And this changes all the time. So I, I check it all the time. Uh, a couple of days ago, anyways, it was, it was mainly like just an image of a person. It might be a carousel swipe, but very few videos. 
and almost all a personal brand. So if I'm going to post a video that's like skit humor, then using the hashtag mompreneur, I probably won't do well. So I want to look at my list of hashtags and go like, okay, let's see, here's another one, another hashtag I use regularly. And and I'm seeing a lot of videos or I'm seeing quote cards. So matching not just the hashtag, but you're also looking at what people are ranking at the top for that hashtag and making sure that your content matches that. Otherwise, it's kind of a wasted hashtag for you. Um, I could share with you more. I've got so many hashtag tips. I could keep going. Yeah, you can share more if you'd like. Sure. I think it's also really important that we remember that where you put those hashtags doesn't matter. And that's per Instagram. Um, It doesn't matter whether you put them in the caption or in your comment section. So I recommend that people put them in the comment section because it just, it, otherwise, if you're putting it in your caption, you're broadcasting to your competitors what hashtags you use. It doesn't look as pretty. So I suggest that people put it in the comment section. You can use up to 30 hashtags. So I always go with 28 just so I, I've got that little buffer. And then I, I really do spend at least once a week, I go through my list of hashtags and I look to see okay, what type of content is showing up for this? And then I create lists. So I know if I'm posting a video, here's my group of hashtags that still relate to my brand and my niche, but work for video. And if it's a quote card, I have a list of hashtags that right now the top posts that are using this hashtag are quote cards. So there's a li- so I create these separate lists for each of my hashtags and I save those in my on my phone. Wow, that's very interesting. I'm glad you shared this info because, you know, before they used to say, don't put any hashtags in the comments because Instagram doesn't pick them up. And now it's totally changed. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. A lot of people think that they've been shadow banned because they they don't see their hashtags working for them. And 99% of the time when we investigate that for one of our clients, it's not actually true. It's just that they've used the wrong hashtag and it's not performing well. You can still see it. It's just not performing well. Oh, I see. And what are the best ones to use? Like in general, maybe a couple general ones. I I couldn't give you that list because it's so different specific to each and every single person and your brand and who it is you're trying to attract and um, the piece of content that you're using. I think we want to avoid using lists of hashtags over and over and over again, and ne- never going to see like, okay, who's using this hashtag? Never going to s- to look at your insights to see, okay, how well did this list of hashtags perform? So I recommend that everyone listening, if you're, you're in- very intrigued by growing your Instagram account, and that's what I do. I help people grow their Instagram accounts. We have a, a private membership. It's called Insta Club Hub. And when people are a part of Insta Club Hub, that's one of the first things we tell them up front is like, You can download these apps that give you groups of hashtags, but it's a waste of time. You can use the same group of hashtags all the time if you want, but that's a waste of time. You've got to turn your account either into a creator account or a business account so you can see your insights. And then every time you post and use a group of hashtags, you can look at your insights and see, did they help me or not? Like if if it's not helping you to reach a much greater audience than that which is already following you, then you've got the wrong group of hashtags. I see. And do you suggest to use like Instagram scheduling apps like Tailwind and others? They actually populate the most used hashtags for you. And sometimes they give you like the most popular hashtag in your niche. I think if, you know, I think that's one way to go. I, we don't use those anymore. Again, I've got 10 accounts. We've 
do over a million dollars in sales on those accounts. So it's really, really important to me to know what works best. And that doesn't work best for us. And it doesn't work best when we've done our case studies. It works, um, especially if you're short on time and you don't want to, to learn the right way to, to cultivate your own list of hashtags. But I would tell people, look at your insights. And if your insights are, if you're using a Tailwind, if you're using a, a Later, if you're using any app that reposts for you, number one, we know that's third-party API and Instagram, it picks up on that. So that could have diminishing returns. Uh, and then number two is the group of hashtags. They're going to give you a group of hashtags, but the only thing that matters is your insights. So if you're looking at your insights and you're using that pre-populated list of most popular hashtags and your insights are showing that you're not reaching you know, 50% new followers when you use that group of hashtags, then what's the point of it, right? Like then it's not working. Now, if it is working, awesome, continue to use it. Um, it just has not in recent months been our experience that it benefits us in any way to use reposting apps as much as I would love to say it does because it saves me money, right? Like, so if I can use one of those apps, it's going to save me a ton of money versus having to hire a team to do that manually. And at the moment, I've, I've got a team of social media uh, managers who help me post that content to all those other accounts manually. I don't like those apps myself as well. I don't use them because they had hmm. so many trouble <laughs> before. <laughs> And I feel like doing it myself sometimes is better. Um, how do you sell without selling? How do you sell without selling? My experience has been, you know, I learned a lot by being on TV for QVC. I, um, when, when you have a product or you want to sell anything on QVC, it's kind of an interesting setup. Wow, I learned so much going there. But so, so before they let you go on the air with a host, by the way, they make you fly out to Pennsylvania and you for like three days, you go through a very specific training on how to quote, sell on air. And I just learned so many things from that, that I now apply to what it is I do in my infomercials, what it is I do in social media. And it's the same, it's the same principle. Like now I have a, um, a fitness infomercial that's on TV. It's called Pio. And if you watch it, if you happen to catch it, of course, you have to be up like at midnight <laughs> when all the infomercials run. But if you happen to catch it, you'll see it feels very much like you're watching someone's Instagram story because of the way I filmed it. I filmed it on my phone. I didn't we didn't use high production. It's just very organic. And those same principles that I learned at QVC are the principles that I apply to what I like to call explaining which some people call selling. And, and that's what they taught us at QVC is like you, you explain to people, you kind of go through the list of what is it? What problem does it solve? How does it work? What's possible if I use this thing? What happens if I don't use this thing? What isn't this thing? And that's called the anti-sell. And I think that one last step is a thing a lot of people leave out. And the anti-sell is what you would tell your girlfriend, right? You'd say like, ah, girl, I love, love, love this um, lip stain, but it does dry out your lips, but it, I don't care. Cause I love it. Right. Like that's how we talk to our girlfriend. And when we do that, your, your girlfriend's like, Oh, cool. I don't care. I'm, I'm buying it too. Right. And so they teach you at, at QVC, like to speak to their audience who they, they call their avatar, you know, the girl, they say, speak to our girl, the same way you would your best friend over, you know, lunch. And so you've got to tell them things, this, this thing that you're offering, tell them what it isn't too. And so I've incorporated that into the way that I explain things. And then I never feel like I'm selling. I'm selling 
don't tell my audience who this isn't for. I'm selling if I'm not honest with my audience that, you know, there's this one weird little thing or this one little piece I don't like, like then I'm selling because I'm covering that. I think selling is what we think of when we're being bamboozled or talked into something or someone wasn't honest with us about, you know, everything that we we're getting. And so I don't sell in my estimate. And my husband goes, what are you talking about? You don't sell. Of course you sell. I'm like, well, in my mind, I'm not. In my mind, I'm explaining. And then I want you to make an informed decision on if it's right for you. However, you cannot be afraid to, not even just afraid, you you have to walk people through the final step. You can't say, and, and, you know, I love this lip color and it's amazing and it stays on all day. It does kind of dry out your lips, but I'm telling you what, if I've tried others and they they smell or they, they're sticky and tacky and this one is amazing, you don't have to worry about your lipstick coming off on your mask and it's phenomenal. Now, if I left it at that, you're tapping by through the next, so I have to tell you what to do next and that's the call to action. And I need to give you a reason why to do it right now. And that's a benefit, you know, that urgency piece is huge. If I don't tell you why to do this right now, then you're going to get a text. You're going to get a notification. You're going to get something that steals your attention. And then even though you meant to do it, you won't follow through and do it. And that's a disservice to you because now you have to go back and go, okay, wait, who was it that was talking about that lip color? I'm sure people do this to you all the time, right? Like you get DMs and they're like, can yeah. you tell me the name of blah, blah, blah again? And you're like, uh, I already told you. Yeah. And then you have to go look it up. And that's a real, it's an inconvenience to you. It's an inconvenience to them. So I always think of it as like, if I care about people's time, I'm going to tell them, take advantage of this right now. It'll be sold out if you wait, if that's the truth, right? Or take advantage of this now because there's a discount or, or do this now. So you don't forget, like you got to tell people why they need to do it right now. And then what do I need to do? Do I need to swipe up? Do I need to give you my email address? Like, just don't be afraid to, to finish what you started. I love this approach. It's like, sometimes they say, well, selling when people buy something, they don't buy it because of the product. They kind of buy it because of you, because they build the emotional attachment, emotional bond with you. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like, that's why they buy from you. Yeah. I mean, you and I both have people who we follow who, if they, I don't have to do any research. If they tell me like, that's, this is the TV to buy, or this is the, I don't know, the blender to use. I know oh my gosh, you just saved me so much time because every single time you've recommended something, I love it. Therefore, I'm not, I don't, you've saved me time. I don't have to research it because you said you love it. I know you've done the research for me. And that's an amazing level of trust that we all want to get to that place with our followers. And so if I could add this, it would be, if you have something you need to offer or like a business you're trying to promote in social media, keep that off your feed. Don't sell in your feed. Don't promote in your feed. Your feed should just be valuable. It's your stories where you have the ability to do that. But in your stories, you also have to talk about you don't sell recommendation. Like I don't sell hangers, but I'm obsessed with huggable hangers. Like I am obsessed. And I hate it when I walk into a boutique and they have those horrible wooden hangers. And every every time you touch something, a blouse falls off. And now I feel like I work at the damn store because I got to keep rehanging all their blouses. And so like literally I'm obsessed with huggable hangers and I want every boutique in America and the world to have huggable hangers. Now, because I've said that so many of my followers have bought huggable hangers and they also love them. Now I don't have any kickback from that. I'm not associated with them. I'm not sponsored by them. But what it does is it builds trust with my audience where they know 
no matter what area of Shalene's life, if there's something that is has made life easier for her, she's going to tell us about it. Yeah. And then that way, they that that level of trust, they know I'm not going to betray it. Absolutely. As far as um, Instagram latest updates, what do you think of Reels? And do you have any hacks on optimizing this feature to the highest potential? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Get on it ASAP. Um, Don't wait. You know, when you are creating, when you are working with Instagram, they're going to promote your content. So if you look right now on any hashtag, go ahead, look on any hashtag, the very first box will be a reel. That's Instagram telling you we're, we prioritize reels over everything. Uh, so you can do a reel and it's going to get, I promise you this, it'll get five times more reach anything else you've posted this week, even if it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, so just learn how to create one. I've got several tutorials that you can find if you go to my Instagram, it's at Shalene Johnson. If you look at my reels or my IGTVs, I've done some tutorials there. And they, it's, it's 15 seconds, 30 seconds. If you want, it's so easy to crush it with a reel. Just make sure that it provides value. And sometimes value is entertainment, right? Like my, my number one performing reels right now have nothing to do with my business. They're, they're comedy related. Um, It's one, you know, me imitating my husband, my husband imitating me, uh, me showing what it's like to be an entrepreneur with ADD. Oh my God. I love those. Those are your husband are hilarious. It's so true. I could totally relate to this because when I'm doing my podcast and I, if uh-huh. I'm doing some work, it, it's the same thing. <laughs> right? Well, I think that's why they, you know, comedy is a great way to connect with your ideal audience because when your audience sees your sense of humor and you can show like lifestyle stuff, they're like, oh, oh wow, we have a lot. You know, we're the same person or we're married to the same person. And so, I think reels, if if you can find a funny angle, that's an awesome way to share in 15 or 30 seconds, like who you are and, you know, that you don't take yourself too seriously, but they don't have to be funny. You don't have to dance. You don't have to say, you don't have to do it. Like there's a million ways to make um, a, a reel that conveys valuable information and attracts the right kind of audience, but do not forget to use your hashtags, not in the caption, use it in your comment, because right now, like I said, uh, Instagram, if you're, if you're creating a reel, you're going to get top billing. You're going to show up. If you look at your explore page right now, um, half of your explore page is taken up with a reel. That's Instagram saying, Hey, we want you to use this feature. And they've just redesigned Instagram as you, and maybe it hasn't hit everybody, but for a lot of us, it's rolled out this new feature where they've changed the way that we post onto Instagram. And it's very clear that Instagram is making two things a priority. They are reels and shopping. Yeah. It's like they want you to set up your own shop and they push in it so hard as far as products and you can add the products yeah. too. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. What do you think are do's and don'ts on Instagram growth? Mm, uh, follow and follow. Bad practice. Don't do it. I also think it's when you're first starting out, another bad practice is to just create content about yourself. Like if, again, not to beat a dead horse or to repeat myself, but when you're just starting out, people don't want to follow someone who's posting about a bunch of different things. We don't know you, you don't have that credibility yet. So until you reach critical mass, which, you know, is different for every person, but you know, if I'm to give it a number, I'd say maybe around 10,000 followers you want to stick to a type of valuable content and it, it's it got to be valuable. And 
even though you looked adorable in that photo, right? And and even though your lunch was gorgeous, like it's not interesting to people until you do well known. And then people really care like about all those little details. But when you're first starting out, don't be afraid to repost content. When you see a meme or that is it, that, oof, I wish I had said that. That's everything that I stand for. That message really hit hard for me. And you, you share that with a girlfriend or you text that to a friend or you like it or you screenshot it, repost that repost that because that's going to perform better for you than a picture of you. That's going to perform better than you, better for you than just something that you think is kind of interesting going on in your life that day. Interesting doesn't, doesn't cut it on Instagram anymore. You, you a little bit interesting or, you know, like attractive or any of those things, it's got to be valuable. Yeah, I agree with you too. And as far as memes, like you said, what else performs the best right now on Instagram? Video, anything that keeps the person who's looking at your account on there longer. So it's called T-O-P, time on platform. And Instagram spends, you can't even imagine how much money they spend trying to find people who their sole responsibility at Instagram is developing ways to keep us on the app longer. So any feature that takes more time to consume is going to perform better with the algorithm. So by nature, by default, we know that a single static image does not perform as well as a carousel of single status or uh, of static images and doing a carousel of video to perform better than a carousel of photos and reels are performing much higher, even though they're only 15 to 30 seconds, because we rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. And once we watch one reel, we tend to keep scrolling through and watching more reels, kind of like we do on TikTok. So it's anything that keeps people on the platform longer. Uh, sometimes that can be longer captions. But generally speaking, when you post something to Instagram, it needs to, it needs to be captivating without context. And here's what I mean by that. Oftentimes we'll see people, they'll post like, you know, a beautiful photo of themselves and the photo doesn't say anything, but beneath it, they've written like a really meaningful, almost blog post. And those, those kind of posts are, they're getting tougher and tougher to make those perform, which is sad because you'll spend an hour writing the caption, you know, it's like a blog post. Um, but if, if just glancing at the photo, I don't know how it's valuable. Um, then I need to find a way to make the photo create more context. Like the photo has to give us some context to hook us long enough to read the caption. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. What are the best marketing tips that helped you in your career? Hire help, um, hire experts, hire coaches. And it, you know, the, I, like I mentioned at the beginning, I grew up with a daughter of an entrepreneur and I learned some bad habits from my dad, which were contributed to workaholic, me being a workaholic. So my father, who's still a great entrepreneur today, but he's kind of an old school entrepreneur where he believes like, you know, you save money if you do it yourself. Like, uh, oh, I'll, I'll figure this out. Right. And so when I first started as an entrepreneur, I was always like, oh, I'll figure out how to code my own website and I'll figure out how to edit video and I'll figure out how to run ads and I'll figure out how to do all these things. And but all those things just slowed down my ability to be as successful as I am today. Like the reason why today we're able to have, you know, so many different businesses that operate with a team other than me is only because I, I invested in experts who, who literally spoke 
directly to me and said, you are never going to grow until you realize you need to invest in help. You need to hire better people. You need to hire coaches who will, instead of you trying to figure out how to do these things, like hire someone or, you know, buy an academy or make an investment. So that because these people have done it and they know the right way to do it, and they're going to save you a lot of time and money. And as entrepreneurs, we often think, oh, well, but yeah, that's $2,000 to do it myself. But if investing $2,000 makes you a million, right? And I think we, you just have to get to a point where you have to realize you have to stop saying, I can't afford to do that. And you have to start saying, I can't afford not to do that. If I want to scale, then the only thing I should be doing is being me. And I've got to learn from the experts, the things that I don't need to be an expert on this. I need, I need to pay someone else to be an expert on it or to tell me how to do it. I agree. I think hiring help is very important because you can't move forward without it. It's just like limiting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you make costly, ex- expensive mistakes. And I certainly know I've made so many thinking that I was saving money by trying to figure it out or watching YouTube videos and not realizing they were outdated. And, you know, the, the here's what I've learned for every dollar that I spend on business development, I get a hundred dollar return. So it's a win. You know, I, I don't think when I've done my research and I know this is a, an expert or a coach or a course that I want to invest in, I do it without hesitation. Because I, I know it's going to be, um, I'll get a return on my investment. Yeah, absolutely. And based on your experience, how to set the foundation for a solid, ever-evolving business? I think that's a mindset. That mindset has to be anchored in flexibility. You can't let your ego get too involved. You have to. You don't want to be blockbuster. You don't want to be left in the dark, when you see that there are changes in the marketplace, when you see that there are changes happening, you have to be ahead of that. You've got to be forward thinking. You've got to not just look at the current trends, but future trends. And that's number one. And number two, my faith has a lot to do with that. I believe very firmly that God is going to um, direct my career. When people always say, what do you you have planned next? I I always say, I don't. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing until it's pretty clear from from my perspective, that God has other plans for me. And then I follow those plans. Um, you know, I know I used to have a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, and I, I loosely have a five-year plan, but I'm always excited and prepared to take the next turn. And that's usually in the form of like some kind of challenge. So like when I'm going through something kind of crappy or uncomfortable and it's hard, the silver lining is I'm always reminding myself, well, this is something God planned for me. And at some point he's going to want me to help other people avoid this pain. And so um, that's what I use to continually evolve. Yeah. Do you even believe in this five-year plans anymore? Because I think this question is such, it's outdated right now, especially Mm -hmm. nowadays. I don't think anybody even asks that anymore. That's interesting. You should say that. I hadn't given it much thought, but yeah, it, I think it makes people feel um, secure, but Lord, if, if anything we've learned this year, it's that you've, the only plan that you can count on is change, right? And so it's, it's, a. I like to have, yeah, here's what I like to say. I like to say, I like to have a general, very blurry idea of where I'd like to head, but I don't need to know with precision and accuracy the path that I'm going to take to get there. And I'm also okay if it, I end up in another direction. 
Um, but I, I do in the short term have very specific goals and I, I need to know where I'm headed. Otherwise I'm like a boat in the ocean, you know, rowing with one oar in a circle. Like you've got to know where you're going, but I think maybe five years is um, something that should, if it's going to be a plan, it should be kind of like a blurry plan where you're okay with change. Yeah. Kind of like outline. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Celine, for this great information. And where can our listeners find you? Social handles, all your information. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, you can learn more about the Instagram training that we do by going to instaclubhub.com. You can check that out. We've got a quick quiz that you can take there too that kind of helps you figure out, okay, so why is my account stuck? And I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram where lots of lifestyle stuff. Now, again, I know I've talked about sharing like one specific thing, but once you reach a certain number of followers, you can share on a wider array of topics. And I do that, but I definitely include a lot of social media and business tips and it is at Shalene Johnson. Great. Thank you so much, Shalene. It was my pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. Had so much fun. Yeah, me too. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy your day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.